Do you think about making dynasty trades even while watching football games? Are you thinking of player values when you should be thinking of family values? Then you may have a trading problem. Don't worry, you're not alone. I am Dynasty Outhouse and I have a trading problem. And I'm Brian Haar and I also have a trading problem. Join us for the Trade Addicts podcast where you can be with like-minded people and talk about everything in the NFL in the context of dynasty trade values. News and notes, make amends, keep trade buys, all these things we will cover every week. And don't forget Trade Addicts trades. So when you're done listening to this fine DLF family podcast, please tune in to the Trade Addicts podcast. Thank you and enjoy your podcast. Do you have the time to listen to me grind? Take down the film watchers and learn some at once. With the mask not adding up, you said I'm checking it out. I'm working to the ground. Yeah, hello. Uh, well, I, welcome back to the Dynasty Crossroads. My name is Peter Howard at PA Howdy on Twitter. This is, in fact, a member of the DLF family of podcasts. I, I, I was completely prepared to do a podcast this week, and this is not se- several days late. This is this is planned. This is when the podcast was meant to be out, and I'm not about to just talk and hope I can fill thirty minutes. Uh, sorry. And no, uh, the week got away from me. I was trying to get ahead of schedule with all the stuff that I'm behind schedule on. And as a result, I ended up being behind schedule on the one thing I've been able to be on schedule with every week this this season. So, yeah, sorry, you caught it in the neck here, Crossroads audience. Um, I did uh, release like a four-parter last week, so I feel pretty good about that. And also... Uh, I just ended up on a podcast from an American living in Northern Ireland, um, which was pretty cool. I recommend checking it out. Also, he said he listens to the podcast, which one made me feel like, oh, God, people listen. I have to I definitely have to make up that missing episode. And uh, two was kind of cool, kind of cool to know someone's out there listening. I, I guess I know you're all out there, but it's nice to put a face to the imaginary friend. Um, his name, by the way, is Evan Brown, FF uh, Evangulation, which is just awesome, Evan. Um, but it was a really cool podcast. I had a great time talking with him. And uh, sorry, I was just trying to find the name of his podcast. But yeah, um, definitely check it out. I had fun. And uh, yeah, he, he listens to the crossroads, so he's okay by me. Um, Let's see, what should we talk about today? What are some good questions that I've had this week? Um, who are my top three running backs, right? Um, with all the injuries going on, who do I think are the top three running backs going forward for the 2020 season? There's actually a pretty clear top three right now for me, and that's Najee Harris, uh, Alvin Kamara, and DeAndre Swift. All of them have over 20% of their team's expected points, expected points being a measurement of the value of the touches that are being handed out or earned. And by the players on the team, and they have over 20% of them, which is a fairly significant number. Also, importantly, all three are getting over 18 um, expected points per game, because you could have a large share and it'd be a weaker offense. So all three of those players, Harris, Kamara, and Swift, kind of stand out. Swift is kind of an add-on, because Henry and Kamara, the other two with 20% expected points shares, and over 20% 20 expected points per game are both obviously injured now for the foreseeable future. Um, Henry, I'm not sure on 
Christian McCaffrey is seeming like he's out for the year. Um, and so Swift gets bumped in. He does have a 20% expected point share, but it's only over 18 expected points per game. I say only, that's actually freaking fantastic. Derek Henry, for example, and also a pretty solid tier with Jonathan Taylor, um, Dalvin Cook, Austin Eckler, and uh, Daryl Henderson. Remember him? I do. He's starting in most of my leagues right now. Um, I have about a 16% share of the team's overall offense, but obviously, again, the offenses differ on how productive or how much value there are in touches in that team. For example, Austin Eckler right now stands out in that group and that he is getting 16 expected points per game. Uh, Elliot and Taylor are both over 17. Everyone else I just mentioned is over 16, so it's a pretty common tier. Um, and they all have over 16% of their team's opportunities. Um, Austin Eckler, however, is actually scoring more like that first tier on a points-per-game basis. That's primarily because of his yards per touchdown. He's getting a lot of touchdowns for the, uh, for the overall yards he's producing. But again, that dual-threat nature to an Austin Eckler, it, it kind of comes with the territory. Daryl Henderson, for example, is operating about the same 90 yards for every touchdown, which is a little too hot. It's not that the roles are going to disappear, and that's mostly what I care about at running back, so I'm going to keep starting them every week and hope to ride them into the finish line. But that's why I'm dunking, uh, I guess, Austin Eckler into the second tier, despite his points per game being more significantly in line with Swift and Harris and Avon Kamara. Um, Davin Cook noticeably has been injured this season, as is his want, to be fair. He's only played five games, and so his expected points share, and also his expected points per game, could rise as we see him get back into the flow. And he's the name that sticks out in that tier as well, as this long-term elite-level back that I'm suddenly pushing in down into this very elite, startable running back tier. Um, but still, he, he could easily jump up as well. Uh, Jonathan Taylor is the name that stands out above all of these guys as the dynasty asset, which actually brings me to another thing that I've been working on, which I think is going to replace something else in my rank sheet this offseason. Um, I keep talking... The weekly podcast is basically devolved into trade questions. That's essentially how people um, on YouTube and Twitch... Uh, process weekly events for Dynasty I found out what about this player for this player is the most common question Um, and I've been explaining a lot of the process that we talk about here on the crossroads about just establishing types of players players that you think are falling at value that you want making lists essentially even if you don't literally write them down however it compelled me to actually try to write them down I, I tend to operate with just a knowledge of how I feel about different players instead of putting them into actual categories because it's very fluid and it might depend on the trade or the league or how I'm feeling that day and that's how I have fun with fantasy but I did make some sort of list and I've been tweaking it and learning on it I've basically got four or five categories one I'm just calling elite for now those are the players that ultimately are my goal I want every team to have just these players but because that's just not going to happen. You're not going to get Patrick Mahomes and Kyler Murray on the same team, for example. And I often dip into other pools of players that I like, whether it's because they're a value and there's a value tier, or because I think they're elite, or at least have elite upside, but it come at it some sort of a discount because of age. That's team old guy that we've talked about a lot here before. And so when looking at running back, for example, I got three players and only three players in the elite tier. Ideally, and my first three running backs would be Jonathan Taylor, Najee Harris, and DeAndre Swift. I think they're going to be the highest ranked of the current elite running backs this offseason, as well as rookie 
to be named later during the draft process is probably going to shoot up into the top five as well. That puts Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, still underrated, um, Austin Eckler, and also Aaron Jones in my team old guy. They're getting old enough. I think we're going to get slight age discounts. I'm doing a DLF mock, one of many, um, for this month's startup. ADP for DLF, and I found myself overly tempted with running backs by the time the second and third round came along. I'm seeing Derek Henry, I'm seeing Aaron Jones. Typically, I fade for wide receiver, as you know, but I mean, those are some quality backs outside the first round, and you're just getting a slight discount. I looked at it, and the last time we had uh, five running backs inside the top five of ADP over the age of 26, inside the top 12, sorry. And it's kind of a mixed bag. Le'Veon Bell went on to be Le'Veon Bell from 2014 onwards. And so that was a great 22-year-old pick. However, notably, some of the other young players in that ADP kind of dropped off. Now, that's just a 2014 class. But I do tend to think talent in or fantasy values do tend to cycle with draft classes and draft periods. And I think 2014 is the last time we saw a drop off based on age in terms of dynasty value. But looking at the players that are in that top 12 who were discounted and were not in the top 12 the next year, even in ADP, even some of the younger players still managed to maintain it into 2015 in terms of ADP, despite their performance not being there. But that's overall the trend I saw. A lot of the young players underperformed after 2014. To some extent, dropping outside top 12 in ADP and never getting back up there again. Giovanni Bernard, I think, was up there, by the way. On the other hand, some of the older players that were 26 or older still had several years with very good, very decent points per game, 15 and 16 points per game, which as I was just talking about is an elite starting level tier. It's not the top um, as it is this year, but Points kind of change year over year as well. And I do think, increasingly as I start to do a little bit of research here and there for the offseason, that knowing that running back value is going to drop, it's sudden, I, I do think the way to approach it is start being more interested in these older running backs that are going to start to fall. And so my team old guy list at running back is a lot thicker. It's a lot heavier than it usually is because I'm normally not interested in running back overly compared to wide receiver where I'm that way centered including uh, tight end and quarterback centered over running back when I'm doing a startup draft but you go where the draft leads you and I think that's going to happen this off season especially based on just this uh, personal experience going through DLF mocks right now and so Christian McCaffrey, Barkley, Chubb, Hunt I just drafted uh, Derek Henry and Aaron Jones back to back which sounds great now but you've got to remember the reason they're falling is because dynasty drafters in that mock and this offseason again I know that their value is going to go away even if their points per game remain relatively similar but where I'm more geared towards winning and I think I'm fairly decent finding wide receiver value there is an opportunity to start appreciating older running backs which is very much not the norm and not what we typically talk about but I think we're going to face that this offseason so I know start getting comfy with the idea or start getting incredibly uncomfortable with the idea and doing some research to make yourself feel better or worse about whichever way you want to go 
And speaking of which, my wide receiver value list, I guess that's where I'll be shopping mostly because the elite tier at wide receiver is Justin Jefferson, CD Lamb, and Jamar Chase. Um, I did get some questions in my Discord. CD Lamb is in that tier for you? And yeah, he's very much in that tier. It's not just because of his age. He's kind of producing similar to Chase and Jefferson. It's just kind of underrated because Amari Cooper can still have a great game. He's not the fancy rookie from last year like Justin Jefferson and having a historic season. He's not the fancy rookie from this year having a historic season, rewriting the historic season from last year. He's just exceptional as a wide receiver through the first two years. Looks like he's going to come close to breaking into the top 12 this second year with Amari Cooper on the depth chart. And that's particularly impressive to me. I think the talent measures up to the draft profile. I definitely think the outcome still remains Uh, The range of outcomes remains just as high and low as it does for Jefferson and Chase. Speaking of some of that research I did, by the way, we underrate how often younger wide receivers perform. We're always talking about the value of young wide receivers in Dynasty because it's normally the edge that's missed. But with this last two draft classes and with the finally ADP of running backs probably coming down a little bit to where it's somewhat more reasonable, I think it's about time we start noticing that the repeatability of top 5 and top 12 seasons at the wide receiver position is slightly higher than running back but not so drastically higher that we can predict the next three years for Jefferson, Chase, and Lamb to all be outscoring team old guy at wide receiver. It's not quite that big of an edge, and I really think this offseason we might see people slide too far away from it. We've had extreme running back over value, and I think we'll now have extreme young wide receiver over value, which is going to leave me wondering where I'm going to get my youth if all the value is in the old running backs and the old wide receivers. You do have to slip a few young guys in there, which... Going back to the elite tier, pretty much everyone else is on the team old guy list. You've got uh, DeAndre Harris, Tyler Lockett, Mike Evans. I'm not just going to read names to you, but you knew how they are. They're the guys you wanted on your roster very badly the last three years, and now people are going to start thinking they're not good anymore, despite them still being good. Surprise name on there for most might be still, I have Keenan Allen. I think he's still very good. He's still doing really well this year. Um... It's just been slightly disappointing in the old points department, and he's old, so people will think he's bad again. Um, Cooper Cup, Marcus Brown, and Debo Samuel operate in this really interesting bracket where I think they're elite, but I don't have to put them there, but they're also not really on team old guy either, and I don't quite know what to do with them right now. They're better than values and not quite elite. I don't know yet, but um, they're a really interesting tier that might get more interesting this offseason. So will Michael Thomas and Stefan Diggs and Devontae Adams as a mix of age and also uh, fear um, or, or just desire for those young wide receivers. I'm actually moving Devontae Adams over into team old guy. There's no way anyone's going to keep him there. Michael Thomas has been injured, so he hasn't played, so everyone's forgotten he's good. And Stefan Diggs has been underperforming. The only other tier, two of my elite tier are Terry McClellan and DJ Moore. They're at the very bottom of it. But for me, they're not just values. I really think they're borderline difference-making players. 
if their offenses can improve just slightly, and so I'm really interested in them. So where do I get my youth? Well, I have a young guns section, which is just like a holding area before players get slaughtered one way or the other. And to be real clear, this doesn't mean I don't draft or wouldn't draft other players. That would be silly. It's just you have to make a shorter list as you can, feel comfortable with, um, and that's what I'm trying to do. It's not like I won't roster other players. Um, I will, and there aren't other good picks to be made, but here's my list um, is basically the way I approached it. As tight as I can make it, who do I think are the best of the best um, that I really want to add to every team if possible? Um, all right, so where are my young ones coming from, I guess, since I'm going to be drafting so many older players, I imagine, or valuing so many older players this offseason? Well, there's still a few options. You still have uh, Brandon Ayuk, who's fallen in value rather drastically. I'm not sure what people are going to make of Devontae Smith or Elijah Moore in this offseason, especially with Chase doing what he's doing. But I think uh, both Rondo Moore, Elijah Moore, and Devontae Smith are having pretty impressive rookie seasons. Rondo Moore is a little bit weird because his ADOT is basically a running backs and he's mostly playing not gadget but, sp but specifically scheme touches and so his stats look a little off but again I still think he's a very good player all three are very young I don't think any of them are going to jump up into the first three four four rounds maybe four maybe around four or five in ADP this offseason and that makes them very draftable very tradable at that value for very good young wide receivers if I'm building older squads or older and older squads this offseason as well and so I think they're interesting Brandon Ayuk is slightly different I think he's going to fall because he was being drafted in rounds four and five even round three um, a little bit before this offseason because Debo Samuel did what I said he would do uh, everyone's devaluing Ayuk I just think that's blaming the player for them not listening to me. And I think they should just listen to me more and not blame Brandon Ayuk. I think he's still a good player. He's still everything. He did all the positive things that uh, they thought he did in his rookie season, which is really important. And so he's a young player that's probably going uh, to be trying to grab some value at if I'm valuing all these older players. And um, you've also got Cortland Sutton. I don't think anyone undervalues Cortland Sutton and T. Higgins, but especially in startup drafts, I think they're going to fall into this weird era, era uh, part of the draft, let's say it that way, where they're getting drafted slightly behind producers um, and after the value tier of young wide receivers that I just mentioned, and so they're going to come at an ADP value. If they're on someone else's roster, I think it's going to be real hard to pry them away, but if you're doing a startup draft, I think Colin Sutton and T. Higgins are two people to have you on your radar. And then you've got Juju Smith-Schuster, who I'm just pot committed to at this point. Like, I believe. Um, I hope he comes back. Please, please, please come back to me, Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, anyway, that's what I've been working on outside of doing projections, writing, trying to get my research ready to write these articles a little earlier so I don't miss a deadline for it like I did last week. Wrote a really good article, too. It was just... It was just late. Um, anything else before I get out of here? Uh, yeah, actually, I want to talk about tight end a little bit. It's a really weird situation right now where Kyle Pitts is the most valuable dynasty tight end. I think he might be the tight end one overall this offseason in terms of value, but Travis Kelsey is still the tight end one. So again, I'm leading old. But you also have these interesting tight ends that are getting discounted like George Kittle, Mark Andrews and Darren Waller, they're all kind of in Kyle Pitts's tier, not Travis Kelsey's but definitely in Kyle Pitts's tier in terms of production 
overall value to a team, if not, not dynasty value. And I do think there's a strong difference between Kyle Pitts' value and Kyle Pitts' price. Value being the thing um, that the person who rosters him will be willing to spend or pay to get him on, his, on their roster. And price is what other people will be willing to buy it off them. I just think we've seen the height of what that could possibly be. Once you could... I mean, this offseason in competitive leagues, the price for Kyle Pitts was whatever you asked for, essentially. And Bob Gilchrist um, of the Trade Calculator and uh, John Bosch of DCC. Yeah, he's Dynasty Trade Calculator too. I forget where he works because mostly he just... We, we just talk. I, I forget he has a company. Um, but he's just starting up his podcast again with some friends of his... Um, what, what do they call it? The trade room? I don't know. I'll get back to you on that. I'll see if I can get him on the pod to talk about it. Because it's going to be a really interesting one to listen to about value and how to make better trades. So it's definitely something I have to pay attention to. Anyway, what was I? Um, yeah, they were demonstrating how much value he had this offseason and how it has risen now. And I agreed completely with that. But the hype got so high on it that the price, what people were willing to pay, was basically anything you could ask for. Like, people were turning down Christian McCaffrey, they were turning down Patrick Mahomes in Superflex Leagues. Crazy, like, full value. So, it doesn't matter if his value goes up, if you've already been offered, or the price was already anything you wanted. The value at that point is fictional, because the price can't possibly rise, and I think that's going to... Re- lead to a reduction in the price you're going to have this highly valuable thing that no one in their right mind is willing to buy pay for and i know these terms are jurassic and not the right ones but i don't have quick synonyms right now and i think that's going to make it still incredibly valuable but I, I still don't think it's going up in price even if the value uh, clock is ticking up on it but We'll see, I guess. Anyway, outside of that, um, Noah Fant, Mike Gusecki. I think Mike Gusecki is still undervalued. He's not put in, if Kittle is still held there, which he should be, he's not put in the Kittle-Andrews-Waller tier, despite pretty much producing in there. Noah Fant is like a discount version of that this year, and he has as many usable weeks, but his points per game aren't quite as high as those other guys. But, I mean, like... Is the story of Noah Fant and TJ Hawkinson. No one realizes this is what good high-drafted tight ends do. This this is like the typical career arc. Kyle Pitts, we're hoping, does something different. Travis Kelty and Darren Waller did for a while. George Kittle did for one season. Mike Andrews is going to do it for two seasons. Like this, Noah Fant is good. He's fine. Like, I don't know why he would be discounted, but I really feel like he is. Probably because his points per game are slightly lower, but he's still just as usable as others. And there's nothing that I see that suggests he shouldn't maintain that role and be good with it. And he's pretty young, too. Like, Mike Iseki young. Like, it's weird that you... I now have to convince people of Noah Fant more than I have to convince people of Mike Iseki. Basically the same guy at this point, but they're, they're... the what people think of him has traveled in opposite directions earlier uh, a year ago or so i was talking about how mike gaseki should be valued with noah fan and tj hawkinson and now i'm talking about how tj uh, noah fan should be valued with mike gaseki it's kind of weird the way you all do this uh not you all but someone out there is doing it like 
just just let yourself have nice things. I think no offense, fine. Um, just, just to throw out some upside names, or that's a category I have. It's like really deep rostered names. I end up stacking on the back of uh, my deck charts a lot, or think I will continue to anyway. I mentioned Tim Patrick last week during the Zach uh, Reed episode. But also, you know, we've got Kendrick Bourne, Tyler Johnson, that kind of tier of players. Um, again, I'm trying to keep the list slim. But I thought of some interesting names at all four positions. So I think Davis Mills is having a better season uh, than people might ultimately realize. Although apparently Mike White is the truth, so maybe that's the tr- maybe that's the answer. I'm still interested in rostering uh, Jarrett Patterson and Kalen Hill on the Green Bay roster. Uh, let's see. Uh, you know most of my wide receivers, I'm sure. Foster Maru just had a great game when Darrell. Darren Waller was injured, so I'm assuming you all know about him for a while, but he was immediately on my list just because I... You'll remember profiles when you put so much work into understanding them from a year or two ago. Kenny Yeboah from this draft season's still on there, and I think he's still on a practice squad somewhere. I'm rooting for you, Kenny. Uh, Jacob Harris, still interesting, and so is Hunter Long. Uh, typically, I, I aim for sophomore tight ends. Uh, at value when I can, but also just tie-ins. I have good profiles. I have done some things in the NFL, like Foster Maru. I tend to keep an eye on as well. Uh, anyone else? Uh, no, that's it from the value list that I'm going to mention. All right. Uh, yeah, let me know what you think. Let me know how your week's going. If there's anything else you want to talk about, uh, you can talk to me and Dynasty Outhouse every Wednesday at 9.30 on YouTube and Twitch. And feel free to come on there to talk about the crossroads as well. It's fine. It's mostly a DLF show about, well, at this point, just answering random value and trade questions. But it's meant to be talking about weekly events in uh, the NFL and how it relates to Dynasty moves looking towards the future because we're playing Dynasty. Oh, um, two major events, which my rash uh, attempt to fit to get this podcast purely on time extremely planned this is what i meant to do and um, was that Kevin ridley has decided to step away from football and uh henry ruggs well football's decided to step away from henry ruggs after a significant and horrific incident that i don't want to get into i don't know the details on them enough nor do i intend to spend time pretending to be either a lawyer or someone who should know about other people's business and that i'll be able to offer an opinion on it from a dynasty perspective here's where i'm at i hope calvin ridley gets uh everything he needs continues to get the support he needs and he comes back for now i don't see him as a value or a player i'm trading for the only players i can think of that stepped away like this in recent memory stayed stepped away and if that's what he needs to do i think that's what he should definitely do and outside of that i I'll trade for him or I'll put him on rosters in the same way that I hope Will Fuller can get healthy and back on a roster. But uh, I'm going to consider him done with football until he tells me otherwise. And just because there's no real good way of playing that situation. I think anyone that wants to bet on it or pay a first for him to have him on the back of the roster might feel really smart by the end of the season or next season. Well, next week, I mean, it's his life. I don't believe he would have said this and done this if he didn't mean a significant period of time or it feels like it's going to be a significant period of time. And there was nothing in his statement, which is the only thing I care to refer to, which suggested a timetable for a turn. It's very much a, I don't know. It's open-ended, but right now the way I feel about it is this is me and football saying goodbye. 
I'll let you know. Um, and so that's where I'm going to approach it. Um, I will trade for him for a second, I guess. I don't think anyone's going to trade him away for a second. I think he's more likely to be dropped eventually in the future. And I will have him on Team Old Guy. And I'll put him at the end of my roster when I can. Um, and that's as much as I care for. Because I think the important stuff there is Calvin Ridley getting everything he needs. As for Henry Ruggs, didn't roster him. Not going to roster him. Bye. Uh, that's fine by me. Um, yeah, sad, sad, incredibly sad event, um, which a fantasy football player should, I have no opinion on it. Um, no fantasy opinion. I think he's, I, I don't want to roster him. Um, and I don't think there's much value in rostering him at this point. So feel free to, I guess, Gam a second round pick off someone or don't, as your feelings may do. And that's the dynasty new. Ooh, Khalil Herbert, uh, running back in Chicago, looks like the real deal. I meant to mention him on the young uns section. Um, the only two players I have are young running backs that are interesting that aren't in that elite tier are obviously Javante Williams and also this Khalil Herbert. Right now I've got him on the upside section, that deeper list. But I really think it should move him up. Last week, he got 17 expected points per game. It's a consistent trend. According to Dynasty Outhouse and podcasting with every Wednesday or live streaming. Yeah, live streaming. Um, he actually is. He looks good, too. And he's getting all the opportunities. So, yeah, I think that's going to continue for this season. I think he's really interesting. As interesting as uh, Elijah Mitchell is, who are both pushing to get into that second tier of, you know, elite startability at running back that I mentioned earlier. And... Um, yeah, I, I definitely want to add them. I think James Robinson and Darrell Henderson are still my number one value adds for this season because I'm more confident that they will have some role, at least, like a decent role next year than than a Herbert. But um, that's neither here nor there right now. I think he's really interesting. I think he's doing very well and getting all the expected points. I, I would definitely recommend checking him out. Uh, sorry, I, I meant to talk about him earlier. Anyway, uh, again, hope you had a great week eight. Hope you're looking forward to week nine, which this podcast dropped at the very start of, not in the middle of, I'm sure. Uh, thanks very much, and I'll talk to you on time next week here at the Dynasty Crossroads. Take care, and uh, thanks. Bye. Yeah. Chicken or crow, chicken or crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfold, so. Jake on the table and they on the place, no. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical. Picking my nose, don't really know if I like that. Picking their brains, got different lanes, but I like that. Picking these guys, all of these times, all of these nice stats. Picking apart, the film is an art, always a fight back and forth. There is no order, they disorder more and more because the players ain't no older. They some hoarders or some mortars, dropping bombs without no borders. They got that, I, I like mortar. Peak grinding numbers like molars, I don't know anymore. I am at a crossroads. Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road. Go, clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, play unfold, so Jake on the table and they on the plays, no Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road, go Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, play unfold, so Jake on the table and they on the plays, no Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical